What is arbitrage? It's a win-win that makes the world go round. I'll explain next on Three Dimensional Wealth Radio. This is Three Dimensional Wealth Radio with New York Times best-selling author and your host, Doug Andrew. This is Doug Andrew speaking to you, our incredible national audience, from our three-dimensional wealth studios nestled at the base of the majestic Rocky Mountains. This show is about empowering you, people, and organizations that want to optimize their assets, minimize taxes, and empower their authentic wealth. Well, folks, um, do you uh, understand the parable of the talents? In the Bible, in the New Testament, Matthew chapter 25, also the parable of the pounds in Luke 19. Now, uh, if you're not familiar with that parable, uh, the master gave unto uh, three servants, uh, unto one five talents. And uh, talents can have a dual meaning. Uh, A talent was a, a piece of money back then. But also, it relates to the talents that we have, where we uh, are blessed with certain talents. And if we don't uh, use those or multiply them, they will probably wither up and die. And so, the purpose of this parable is to understand that the master gave unto one servant five talents, and another two talents, and another one, and went away on a trip for a little while came back, uh, it must have been, you know, a a lengthy trip, and he asked uh, the first servant, how did you do? And uh, that one said, well, I have taken the five and I have doubled them to ten. I've multiplied them to ten talents. And the master said, "Uh, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Now, the one that had two said, I took the two and I doubled them to four. And again, well done, thou good and faithful servant. But the one that the master gave one to uh, said, well, I was afraid and I knew that uh, you reaped where you had not sowed. And uh, so I was worried. And so I I buried the talent. I uh, hid it in a napkin. Uh, There are several different versions in in the Gospels, but uh, he did not do anything with it. But he buried it and said, "Okay, here it is. Here's that talent you gave me when you left. Now, the harshest words uh, were spoken, I think, in Scripture. Uh, This harsh of words weren't even spoken to the woman taken in adultery. Uh, But uh, the master said, Thou wicked and slothful servant, I'm going to take it away from you and give it to the one who has ten. Now, ever since then, the crybabies of life have been saying, Yeah, then what has gets. The purpose of this parable is that when you have talents, you're supposed to put them to work. You're supposed to multiply them, not bury them, or they will wither up and die. And so in the version of the parable of the pounds, you know, you hear, well, you should have at least put this talent or this pound in the bank with usury. Now, what's usury? Um, Now, usury is uh, where interest is being earned or interest is being charged. Sometimes usury is associated with exorbitant interest. But uh, the master is saying, well, you should have at least put it in the bank. Now, 
if you put money in a bank or a credit union or an insurance company, some type of financial institution where your money is technically in a lended position, okay? There's four things you can do with money. You can spend it, lend it, own with it, or give it away. When you have money in a bank, credit union, insurance company, it's in a lended position. Are they just a benevolent institution paying you interest? Do they just hold your money in some vault and they can magically pay you interest? No, what are they doing? They're putting that money to work. They're loaning it back out again at a higher rate of interest. Uh, they're going out and investing it. Many banks and credit unions will put 30 to 40% of their tier one assets into the multi-trillion dollar insurance industry because that is where they know they can have liquidity and safety in case of a run on their bank when things get really bad. And so why do they do that? Well, in 2008, when 400 banks went under due to that uh, crisis that we had, that mortgage meltdown in America, a lot of Americans don't understand how close we came to a total financial collapse in 2008. And so 400 banks went under, 900 more were on the verge. They were on the watch list. And the federal government asked the five major banks in America to disclose where they had their tier one assets, that's money, they have to have on hand liquid and safe in case of a run on their bank. A lot of people want their money out. Uh, sort of like uh, if you ever saw the movie, It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, it used to be that, you know, uh, people could just go and ask for their money and uh, a lot of the banks could just call mortgages due. That's why uh, when people finally paid off their mortgage, they burned the mortgage because they were always living under fear that maybe uh, the mortgage lender, the bank would call the mortgage due. They can't do that anymore. You have to be delinquent for at least uh, three payments or, or three months, and then they can start foreclosure proceedings. But uh, the banks in 2008, the five major banks disclosed they had their tier one assets, 30 to 40% of their tier one assets invested in insurance companies. Why? Well, a lot of banks are only rated triple B. And if you don't understand Standard & Poor's ratings, uh, there are about uh, six uh, other ratings higher than triple B uh, until you get up to triple A. So they uh, put some of their money into insurance companies, increasing the safety by six notches higher in safety from maybe triple B to triple A. So they did it to increase the safety of the money and also to increase the rate of return. Now, back then, a lot of these insurance companies were earning on their general account portfolios. This is the billions and even trillions of dollars that they have invested in uh, AAA bonds, maybe mortgages on uh, shopping malls and skyscrapers. They put very little money into stocks. They have to be very conservative and they have to have money where they loan on a skyscraper or a shopping mall, uh, maybe only 50% loan to value, not 80% loan to value. They have a, a very good cushion. And so uh, back then, the general account portfolios of insurance companies in 2008 were earning around uh, five and a half, six percent They need about one percentage point for themselves, but they were netting about five, okay? So let me do the math for you. These banks were borrowing OPM, other people's money, and paying 1% interest, if you remember, or less. So they're paying 1% interest on every, let's say, million dollars they borrowed from the public. Because when you have your money in a bank or a credit union, it's in a lended position. 
Now, they're not just a benevolent institution. They're taking that money and they're uh, putting it to work. They're loaning it back out again at 5, 6, and 7%. But 30 to 40% of their tier one assets was put into insurance companies earning, let's say, 5. How much more is 5% than 1% that they're paying you? Don't say 4. It's 5 times. It's 500% more. And oftentimes, I will uh, make it... Uh, more sensible by saying, would you buy a widget machine for $10,000? That's what a bank would be paying on every million dollars of OPM, other people's money, uh, during a year at 1% interest. And they're turning around and making 5% or 50000 uh, if that widget machine made you 50000 would that be a good investment to pay 10000 for a widget machine that made you an extra 50000 Or what if you hired an employee to do a job or an uh, independent contractor and uh, you paid them 10000 but they helped you make an extra 50000 That's called a 500% return on employment cost. With equipment, it's a 500% return on equipment cost. Now, that is called arbitrage. Arbitrage is where sometimes it's wise to uh, borrow and pay interest, a low interest rate on money, and then put that money to work and make a higher rate of return. Business owners understand this. Now, in the next segment, I'm going to talk about how you can do this and become your own banker, so to speak. Uh, And uh, I've been doing this for years, but this is the miracle of wealth accumulation. Uh, You want to compound interest, uh, totally tax-free if you can, instead of tax-deferred. And so the marvels or miracles of wealth accumulation are, number one, compound interest. Uh, Number two is tax-favored or tax-free accumulation or compounding. But the third marvel or miracle of wealth accumulation is safe, positive leverage. And that's the ability to own and control assets with very little or none of your money tied up or at risk in that asset. And so that's where many times you could own real estate or own a business or own equipment. And even if you were uh, financing or borrowing at 4.5% interest tax deductible, that's a net cost of 3% in a 33% bracket. But maybe you're able to make 9% on your money and that's compounding. So, uh, how much more is nine than three? I don't say six. That's, that's three times. That's 300% more. This is Three Dimensional Wealth Radio. This is Three Dimensional Wealth Radio. Why do people that have enough money to pay cash still finance their real estate. Welcome back. This is Doug Andrew, Three Dimensional Wealth Radio. If you're just joining me in the previous segment, I was talking about uh, arbitrage and explaining what that is. It actually creates a win-win where uh, somebody is paying interest, usually um, a lower interest rate, And it's sometimes wise to pay a lower interest rate so you can earn a higher rate of return. Business owners understand this. Sometimes they have to borrow money to get inventory or supplies or contractors do this all the time. And uh, you, you borrow interest at a lower rate 
in order to put that money to work and earn a higher rate of return. So business owners understand this. This is what makes the world go round. But I was explaining that uh, banks, credit unions, insurance companies, uh, they borrow OPM, other people's money, and they pay interest uh, because they go out and they put it to work. They loan it back out again. And uh, many banks and credit unions will take 30 to 40 percent of their tier one assets for liquidity and safety in case there's a run on their bank, a, a panic. And they put that into uh, multi-trillion dollar insurance companies that are oft times rated uh, five or six notches higher in safety than they are. And uh, these banks and credit unions earn five times what they may pay you. If they pay you 1% uh, on every million dollars they borrow of uh, the American public's money when you put it in their institution, they pay 1%. That's 10000 on every million. They turn around and make 5%, which is 50000 by loaning it back out again or putting it into insurance companies. So what I've often taught uh, at my educational events is how you can become your own banker and bypass the middleman. Uh, for example, if that's where a bank or credit union is putting uh, their tier one assets for liquidity and safety, and you have money parked in a bank or credit union as an emergency fund, uh, maybe you think that's convenient or um, it is uh, safe because you can drive to a drive up window and get your money. Well, yeah, that's convenience, uh, but that's not really liquidity in this day and age. You can access money sometimes with an electronic funds transfer or a phone call. And uh, so maybe you don't need a drive-up window to have your emergency fund down the street when that bank or credit union is taking your money and putting it into a multi-trillion dollar insurance company to increase the safety and the rate of return by maybe four or five times. Just bypass the middleman if you have, uh, you know, 20, 30, 50,000 of money in a bank or credit union that's earmarked for emergencies. Put it straight into the insurance company uh, where you're earning a rate of return, maybe four or five times the rate the bank's paying you. And it's actually maybe five or six times safer in the safety rating. Does that make sense? Well, what is that? This is a max-funded indexed universal life insurance contract where I've averaged a 9.62% since 1980. But since 1997, when indexing came out, indexing is a strategy. I'm not talking about index mutual funds. It's a strategy where you can participate when the market is up. Uh, you get to benefit and uh, you can lock in gains of 10, 11, 12, 15, 25%, sometimes even uh, 61.33% or 158%, like from March of 2020 to March of 2021. Now, those uh, great rates of return are few and far between. That's a special type of linking to an index. But on the average, ever since 1997, when indexing came out, I have earned a little over 11%. And I've netted cash on cash over the life of the account. Let's say over 20 or 30 years, I've netted 10. So I earn 11, I net 10. That 1% is not taxed because these are tax-free. That's the cost of the insurance that the IRS says has to be there in order for it to be tax-free. But see, I'd rather earn 11 and net 10 and sort of have some insurance coming along for the ride 
then have to earn 15 or 16 percent in a in an IRA 401k in the market to net 10 after tax when I start taking out the money. Does that make sense? To earn 15 or 16 percent, I'd have to be in a pretty risky portfolio. To average that is what I'm talking about. So let's get back to what I was talking about. Um, why do people that have enough money? Okay, I know a lot of people that have uh, very high net worths, and uh, they have all the money they need in order to maybe pay cash for a um, an apartment complex, or uh, maybe for inventory for their business or whatever. But they still finance it. They still borrow uh, uh, for their real estate or for their business. And uh, I had an employee one time who had just previously worked at a bank. And she said that was the biggest surprise because as a bank employee, she was over the uh, high net worth people for a while. And uh, when they would come in to apply for loans, yes, they had excellent credit, but she would look at their financial statements and the first thing she would go, why are they borrowing money? They have the money. And uh, then she began to ask them and realized, they said, why would we do that? That would cost us more because we are earning on our money a compounded rate of return of uh, 9, 10% tax-free. Why would we take that money and give up a 9, 10% tax-free rate of return when we can borrow money from you with our credit uh, a million bucks at at four and a half percent interest, tax deductible, a net cost of three. And so on every million we borrow from you at the bank, uh, it's a win for you, and it only costs us three percent net after tax, uh, thirty thousand. Uh, and uh, we continue to earn nine percent on our own million dollars that we keep parked over here, liquid and safe. How much more is nine than three? That's three times. They're making 300% uh, more than the cost of the funds. In fact, many savvy uh, investors, they, they will borrow at a lower rate to earn a higher rate. Uh, I had an acquaintance in uh, Honolulu, Hawaii, and he would borrow money at uh, four, five, six, seven percent, because he had a group of contractors that would pay uh, 15 to 18 to 21 percent for construction loans to build properties because it was a win-win. They were okay paying that higher interest, and he was okay because he earned the spread or the arbitrage, the difference between when he would borrow money at 6% tax deductible and net cost of 4 but he would earn uh, 15 18 21%, and he made hundreds of thousands of dollars a year doing that, okay? So that is what makes the world go round. And so savvy investors, they learn to use OPM like banks and credit unions do, other people's money, okay? Now, most savvy investors keep their money liquid and safe, earning tax-favored rates of return, averaging, as I said, 8 to 10%, and they borrow money usually at 4 or 5% net, thus making at least 100% more than the cost of the funds. Now, most high net worth individuals uh, that I've met have their homes, uh, their real estate mortgage to the hilt, 
and their equity is separated where it's earning two to five times the, the net loan costs in what they call their family bank. Now, that's a term that I've used for years, your own family bank, where uh, you can make 100, 200, even 500% rates of return. I remember when interest rates were very low, I was borrowing at 3% at one point, tax deductible in a 33% bracket, a net cost of two, and I was earning 10%. 11 netting 10 in my indexed universal life. How much more is 10 than two? Five times, 500%. The banks were borrowing people's money and paying 1% and they were making five. They were making 500%. I was making 500% borrowing at a net cost of two and earning 10. This is Three Dimensional Wealth Radio. 